Hello, good or morning or afternoon or night, what time it is, wherever you're listening to this. And welcome. This could is be any time. <laughs> could be any time. Uh, it could be, you know, it's morning somewhere. It's five o'clock. I heard someone, what did someone <laughs> say? Someone said in regards to the holiday season, it's Christmas somewhere. And I'm like, that doesn't work the same way. Yeah, <laughs> that's not quite. <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, that's not true, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, think- actually, it's mostly not Christmas most places. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a Western. A lot of places, a lot of places there, there's not Christmas. Yeah. That is a Western view of society, my friend. But regardless, if you're listening to this, welcome to the Two Beers, Please podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Yannick, along with me, as always, my bro, Matt Smith. Uh, you know, looking forward to another episode this week. Lots to get to. I have to watch the Monday Night Football tonight, which I didn't think I was going to because I was up like 60 points with Fournette and Godwin. And granted, he has Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, but I thought, I'm up 50 points. What could possibly happen? And then I'm playing Austin Eckler last night, and I, you know, so now I got to watch. Austin, because- Austin Eckler saved my ass in like two uh, leagues. I was getting oh. my ass, like, I was just getting destroyed. And then, like, I checked the scores and I was like, Holy shit, I'm back in this game. What happened? I see Austin Eckler's just going off. Well, you know, yeah. hey, better to go up against Austin Eckler than Jonathan Taylor. That's true. That's the one. That's the one. You know, but I would have liked to have one of them in one of my leagues. I didn't have either of them. I just had to play Eckler. Yeah. Um, I, had yeah, I, who, I had one friend who had to go up against Devontae and Justin Jefferson yesterday, which was just <laughs> had to be very, very painful. I had a game where I was playing someone who all of his guys were out, and I thought, and and he was starting some trash guys, but he started Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and they destroyed me, and I'm, I lost that game handily. That was that was unfortunate. Um, who knew that two wide receivers could be fantasy worthy on the same team so much? Uh, but yeah, you know, another Monday night. We'll see if I can get through. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my Patriots being seven and four atop the AMC East once again, baby. Oh, I'd love to see it. Uh, gotta be excited as long as I can. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I I have to start this out, this podcast out, asking you, Matt. You know, last time we talked, we said how long will it take? Well, it it has happened. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out of Manchester United. Uh, the club legend uh, did not survive much longer after we talk. You know, what are your thoughts? How do you feel? Was it time? What did you do now? <laughs> there's uh, there honestly, there's a lot, the, a lot that I'm feeling. Um, you know, at, at first, especially after that, you know, four one Watford thing, it it, it kind of you're you're just kind of pissed off at that point. So it's like, all right, get him out. And and you know, once once it was announced, I was I, I think just like relieved. Um, I think, I think like most Manchester fans or supporters or maybe even Oli felt relieved because it, it was just kind of like a long time coming. And it, it I mean, like my, my first reaction is just like as like a sports fan and on the service level, it's like, all right, good. I'm glad that Oli is gone. It was probably a position he never should have been put into. Um, you know, he, he had those great results when he first came on and it was easy to kind of get wrapped up in that, especially with how we had been looking and feeling under, you know, Mourinho and Van Gaal and, and all that. So I, I, I think now that I've, I've sat with it and I watched his, his interview yesterday uh, after the Packers game 
And and mostly it just kind of I, I just feel sad, you know. I like I I think Ole Gunnar and there's no there's no question about this. There was nobody in the world that wanted this to work out more than him. Um, and you know he worked his ass off. Like you know he, he did everything that I think he he could. I really do. I mean, like sometimes you just don't have the capabilities to do something. Um, and in that interview yesterday, it it really made me just like sad because you could tell. You know how much he loves this club, how much he loves these players, these coaches, the fan. I mean, it, it really means so much to him. And it was there was a sadness in his voice and and just as an expression that wasn't so much of just like, oh man, I'm disappointed, I got fired and we didn't win. It was this very human emotion of just like you could tell that he felt like he let down all of Manchester United, and and that really made me sad. And and I don't think that's true because. Like I said, first off, he was never going to be the manager to, to bring us back to the top. He, he wasn't. He just doesn't have, at least right now, he doesn't have the skill set as a manager to do that. But I don't think his tenure was a total failure. Uh, again, on the surface it was, no trophies, we're, we're not really anywhere closer. But as a Manchester United fan, I, I still feel much better about where we're at right now than I ever did under Van Gaal or Mourinho. You know, under Ole, there were times where the magic of Manchester United started to creep back in. It felt like that luster was coming, that that just excitement and everything. So while he didn't, especially results-wise, get it all done, I don't think his tenure was, was a total failure. Um, and and I empathize with him a lot. It was it was a tough interview to watch, and I respect him so much for doing it too. Uh, so many people would have been like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not going to do that." But he's like, "Look, I need to face the music." I I love all of you, and, and and I want you to know that I feel bad that I that I couldn't get it done for us. Um, but I I think I think in the end it's still I still feel like the club is he's left the club at a better place than it was. Is it you know totally in a better place? No, but but I I, I feel better as a Manchester United fan where we're at right now than than where we were when we fired Mourinho. So. I, uh, I I wish Ole the best. Uh, you know, we as Manchester United fans are, are always going to love him. We we thank him for you know the work, the commitment, his love for the club, and you know when Manchester United does you know lift that EPL again or that Champions League trophy again and, and comes back to where it should be, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be right there celebrating with us all. Um, and and I think he he did have a part, um, hopefully in in bringing us back. So it's 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 the right move. It's it's a it's a sad move, but it, it's a move that had to be done. Yeah, I agree. I we talked about it last week. He seems like a perfect assistant assistant coach that could maybe one day be a head coach, but I think he definitely needs that first step if we're ever to see if he's going to be good enough to be consistent at at the top level uh, in a manager position. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of cool to see a guy who doesn't care about his job and more cares about like I let the team down. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, it's not not cool, like, that he's got fired, but it was like, oh, man, he really liked his job. And, like, in this business that's becoming more and more of a business every day, it was very touching to see that. And if I was a fan, you know, as a fan of my own club, but, you know, as a fan of soccer in general, it's really, really great to see um, that kind of connection with the history and the fan base of the club. So, of course, you wish him nothing but the best. Uh, this had nothing to do with him as a person or him being, you know, inept or anything like that. It just had everything to do with he wasn't ready. And I agree. I think before Ole Gunnar reign, 
Manchester United was a club that didn't know who it was anymore, and now it feels like a big club that's underperforming, but still a big club. You still see watch games. You feel like Manchester United again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You do feel like a big club, where before I was like, they used to be a big club. Now I'm like, you're a big club again with these star names. You're underperforming, fine, but... uh, but you're not, you're, it's, it's much better off, I agree. So I just wanted to get your take on that. And oh, that was a beautiful, beautiful eulogy such for a nice, career. Such a nice interview. And, and I loved it too, because even he, like, he, like, he made a joke at the end where he's like, hey, the last two times I left Moldy, uh, they went on to win the league the next year. So whoever takes over for me at United, uh, I hope that keeps up for you. Like, he, that's the other thing too with him. Like, there's no, you can tell there's no bitter. Like, he's not going to sit there and, and be bitter and, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a a job too that in world soccer can feel very mercenary like you know, um, right. and particularly the Mourinho and Van Gaal hires felt that way. So yeah, to have that have that passion again in the in the position was was big, and and I think you know I, I thank Goalie for what he done, and and I, I know he wishes it would have worked out more than anyone. Yeah, of course, you know sometimes your club just goes through rough patches. Um, Byron's going through a mini little rough patch, I have to say. They lost to Augsburg. They're one point ahead of Dortmund now. Everyone has COVID. It sucks. Germany's going through like a COVID outbreak again, and it's really, it's really concerning. So I wish them all the best on a human level as well. Um, that's not something that you want to have to deal with emotionally, let alone uh, sports-wise. Also, speaking of passion, let me segue here to a different sport. Did you see... Did you see the LeBron James Stewart scuffle last <laughs> night? Did you? I mean, I I don't. I have. I own. just saw the full interview, or I just saw the interview. This full um, video of like when Stewart went off. That was where crazy. he like, like and and like I'm just like, dude, you. I, whoa. He should get. He should. He should get some counseling after that. Like I've never seen anger anger issues be 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 shown in a single video clip so textbook. It was crazy. I I haven't seen that since since like the malice in the palace. Like truthfully, that's what it looked like. Except he was trying to hit his own. His that, own you know. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else. And that's the other thing. Like all of the Pistons like coach it. Like everyone's like, dude, like chill. And and you know too, it's like like I don't think anyone thinks LeBron James is a dirty player. I like I. And the game of basketball is physical, and it gets, you know, I get it, you get heated and everything, but, like, you, sometimes you're going to get popped in the mouth, and it's going to be intentional or unintentional, and, and like, yeah, I, I was I was shocked by Stewart's reaction, and, uh, I, yeah. It was crazy. He was, like, trying to, like, <clears throat> he would be like, I'm good, no, I'm good, and as soon as they let him go a little bit, he would run back around to hit him. I was yeah. like... What is going on right now? It was nuts. And also, I watched the hit a couple times. I was expecting it to be a little more accidental. I I don't quite know. I mean, he punched him in the face and like and like kind of looked at him before he swung his fist. I mean, granted, I don't play basketball, so in my head, I don't know what that move would have been prepping for had he not been there. You know what I mean? Like in soccer, I feel like I can tell when someone's about to jump for a ball and he's putting his arms out and that's not intentional, but it's how he's going to head it. And that I can see. I think basketball, I don't know well enough about boxing out that the fist seems so intentional that I'm I'm wondering. But he does try to go help him immediately. It was weird. It was weird. And like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Well, and I th- so but- I think in like in basketball, like, I mean, even as a kid, you know, you're taught like you get the rebound 
you throw those elbows out. Because, like, if they get in your area, like, the, the idea is that they're the ones that are going to get knocked, and it, that's on them. Um, I, like, I do think LeBron probably ripped through a little, you know, more violently than he needed to. Um, but I also think, you know, it, it might have been one of those cases, too, of, like, LeBron's been doing this for 20 years. Like, I, I think a little aggressive rip is kind of commonplace in the NBA. Isaiah Stewart hasn't been playing NBA basketball all that long. I think he's only a second-year player. So, you know, maybe there's the part of that, too, of, like, Isaiah Stewart, like, still sort of getting used to the, the little rougher. I, I agree. I, I think LeBron probably didn't need to be so aggressive with it. But and, – and probably should have gotten in trouble. And he got – but he got the flagrant. Like, he, that was the thing. Like, he got in trouble in the basketball terms, and, and I think that was fine – and, and yeah, that, that was the other thing. Like he, he went to him right away and was just like, yo, my bad. Like, because that's with any sport, I think basketball and probably soccer too, very similar in this way. When you're in the like heat in the moment, it is a very physical game. Like it, sometimes you do just like rip a little harder and, and you might knock somebody in the face and, and you don't really mean to be that violent about it. Like maybe you meant to be violent with your action, but you didn't mean for the the repercussions to be so so bad. And I think that's maybe what happened with LeBron, where LeBron was like ripping it away, didn't mean to just clock him in the face. Um, right. And and then yeah, yeah. No, it was it was just nuts. I watching that. I've been watching that video forever. I'm just like I, I like Isaiah Stewart. Obviously, anytime he got close to someone, started to you know chicken out. So I didn't think anything was actually going to happen. But yeah. he almost he almost actually hurt his coach. Like Dwayne Casey's in there trying to stop him and like f- almost falls to the ground. You know what I mean? So it was nuts. And uh, you know, I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Speaking of basketball, uh, let's 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 go into uh, what we did this past week, which was uh, go to a Nets game. We finally, finally back- saw live sports again. We finally saw live sports again. So excited. So much fun. We were really close up uh, in the Barclays Center for the Nets against the Magic. Uh, you want to talk about young players. A lot of young players on that Magic team look looking good, and we were happy to see a close close game. Uh, no no Kevin Durant, but that actually made it a little better, and uh, we got to see James Harden uh, drop 30-plus. And, and more importantly for me, we got to see... Uh, we got to see Johnson ball out too, even at his veteran age, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, for to real, watch. yeah. No, it was yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was just nice to get back to uh, to sporting events again, right? Like it was, it's been it's been so so long since we've been to a game, and you and me love to go, you know, basketball, soccer, whatever around the city. So so much fun to get back in the arena, and it was it was a good game. The Magic beat their ass in the first half, and uh, as I say, everybody's got to run, and the Nets. Slowly and surely fought back. It was uh, it was fun to see Harden. I agree. It was a guy like I was disappointed at first that Durant was going to be there, but then it was more fun because it was like, all right, it's going to have to be Harden tonight. Um, and because uh, no Joe Harris either. Like the Nets, the Nets were missing a few people, and um, they're uh, they're still not all the way there. But uh, that was a nice ugly win. I think it's always good when a, when a a really good team can win an ugly game um, against an opponent they should beat. But you know, sometimes that's just how it is. So. It was a nice win. We got ourselves free shirts. We're two for yeah. two for getting free shit. We got the <laughs> Chinese New Year pig a couple years ago. I had a bar- uh, the bartender flirted with me just a little bit. This is why we need um, this is why we need call in uh, segment because I, I want to know the opinion on uh, if you should ask a bartender 
for their number. I think it, it, it varies. Because I think you can always tell if they're just flirting with you to, like, get the tip up, which I'm fine with. You know, that's part of the game. I'll flirt back with you and probably still give you 25%. But I always feel weird with uh, asking people for their numbers at their job. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's because you're a good person and you think about the other people as well. That's why. So congratulations on that. Um, yeah. Sometimes I, you should do it. Sometimes it's yes. probably the opportunity. Yeah, it's a hard. We'll have a call-in segment one day where we well where we take some advice. Uh, Two beers, please, listeners. Teach me how to date. Oh God, we need a whole other podcast how. for that, Matthew. We need we all sorts. Another. We need all sorts of things. Oh boy, I just, uh, I just but, need I needed Hitch. You need Hitch. Ah, oh, great movie. I haven't thought about that movie in a decade. Uh, what? I haven't thought. I haven't, I haven't watched that in a decade. I watch Hitch all the fucking time. <laughs> I do not. I've, I haven't watched Hitch since it came out, probably. Oh, it's, you... Uh, I own Hitch. I love Hitch. <laughs> I got the Blu-ray I, of Hitch. I own Hitch. I have the DVD I mean, it was like set. one of those like $5 ones you get at Best Buy. Like, I didn't go out of my way to get the uh, Blu-ray digital copy, $25. Like, But when I saw it was for 5 bucks, I was like, hell yeah, I'm getting watch, buying Hitch. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. I wonder if Hitch is streaming. Kevin James... Oh. Kevin James at his prime, really. Oh, prime Kevin so James. So <laughs> um, Speaking of the game, though, I am actually currently, for the beer for today, drinking, drinking uh, Modelo Especial Tallboy that I still have from the game. Yes! Because <laughs> I didn't finish it. And I found it in my fridge when I was looking today. I was like, what am I going to drink while we're doing this? And I was like, wait, where did, where did I get this? And I was like, where right. Where did I get I, that Modelo? <laughs> where is this tall boy from? What a random singular. But that's what I'm drinking today. What are you drinking, bud? I uh, was too lazy to go to the fridge, and we haven't, or to the store. And I, I'm, I'm back in Iowa for, you know, all the Thanksgiving festivities. So I found a uh, semi-skunked fat tire in our basement fridge that's going down... <laughs> All right, I guess. <laughs> Semi-skunked fat it's tire. Not That's the most great. delicious beer I've ever tasted, but it's uh, two beers, please, and I'm sticking with by that. That's true. You know, we hey, it's not a, we, we, we've all been there drinking beer that's half half as good as we wish it was, and that's okay. Yeah. That's not the point. That's not Truly. the point. At least it's not uh, like a fully skunked like Bud Light. And... Fully skunked Bud Light. Wow, that's... Oh. Uh, that's an interesting fantasy pun. That'd bring me back you have to, to drink a case year. of. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah, for us it was Natty Light in my apartment. Fully skunked Natty Lights. Uh, just yeah, I guess Bud Light's kind of expensive for freshman year. We yes. were we were always Keystone. We were a Keystone people. Oh, Keystone. Yeah, yeah. I, you know that's and those that's things skunked I, so easily. Those things, I feel like those like just were produced skunked. They were. They they were like. The people who produced them were like, these people are going to be so trash by the time they're drinking this. They're not going to know. <laughs> yeah. Heat it up, cool it down for them right now. Already do it for them. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, uh, if you want to follow us more in this podcast, we have social media presence all over the place. Going to tell you about that now. We are on Instagram at two beers, please underscore podcast spelled out like it sounds. We're on Twitter at the number two BP underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook. And of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, on iTunes. If you're in Williamsburg, I play it boombox style on a bicycle every Monday at 8 in the morning. You know, I, uh, we, really, we really do as much as we can to market the show. Uh, but you can find us all over the place. We're happy you joined us today. Let's get into some more sports action. We're going to take a quick look at the Champions League. 
We got two games left of the group stage. Game five start on Tuesday. Uh, that's tomorrow as we're recording this today. Uh, but whatever that ends up being for you all. Uh, just some talking points to go over. You know, one of the biggest games of the of the game five games are is Man City versus. That was the worst way of saying that. It was Man City versus PSG this week? Um, one of them big game did week. One of the games of the games of the game five games is the game gets it's day, the game day, that's day. big and it's there's uh, implications. <laughs> I don't, and someone... from, I don't know why from the South. I'm sorry, South. That was offensive of us. That was offensive. <laughs> we got very Southern there just yeah. for no reason. That's There's idiots bad. all over the world. I'm sorry, South. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, here at the Two Beers Play podcast, we always apologize after offending someone. <laughs> yeah. We know that it's not just idiots in the South. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's not just Trust there. me, I know. Oh, boy. Uh, it's Man City versus PSG this week. Man City currently leaves the group by one. Club Bruges doing what they always do, just kind of being in there. Uh, they lie uh, just a couple points, uh, four points. I can but, love you know, Club Bruges. They're great. Uh, and they lie four points behind PSG. So you think PSG not performing so well. Man City kind of, you know, doing what they usually do. Uh, if PSG loses and Bruges wins, which they should, now it's a one point difference between those two. Uh, do you think PSG has a chance of eking out a win against Man City, or you expect Man City to take care of business and win the group? I don't know. It's Because uh, I, I feel like PSG hasn't looked great most of the year, you know? Like, I, yeah. I feel like the, this whole year they've been up and down, and they beat them earlier in the group and, and looked like the better team in it. Um, I think it's going to be a draw. I draw. think, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go draw, uh, which is all that City would really need. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go draw. Because I, I, I think PSG's going to step up. Like, sometimes I feel like PSG it just gets in, you know, that that uh, cruise control. Where it's like, oh, we're playing this team, we'll beat them. And then that doesn't always be the case. And sometimes, especially in Ligue 1, they're able to be down 1-0 with 10 minutes to go and still come back and win. Uh, but I think I think they'll get up for this game. I think City is still the better team, uh, at least as of right now. So I think City will probably play the better game. I think PSG's got maybe a few more of those game breakers where one of those guys is going to get a goal. I think City will get a goal and will finish 1-1 draw. Yeah, I agree. I also think, you know, PSG has more to lose. You know, if they try to push all their chips in and get countered on and lose, there's a chance that they don't make it out of the Champions League. Not saying it's a big chance, but there is a chance. Um, and you never want to be in that position going to the last gay of the of the group stage because something. Well, Bruges have to beat RB Leipzig though too for that even to be something, which would would still be kind of a shock. Would be a shock, but RB Leipzig has not looked good, so it's not against the tide. What I'm saying is, you know, Man City feels pretty confident to me that they're going to make it. PSG, I think they just want to, with how disappointing they've been, even leading Liga, we both know that that's a crapshoot. Um, with how disappointing they've been in comparison to getting Messi and having this big three, uh, I think they just want to go into the next stage, be there in the knockout where we all know they're a threat to whoever they play. So I agree. I think they'll both be a little careful and probably eke out a draw. It'd be interesting, though, if one of them really tries to win the group there, uh, especially if it's Man City and PSG has to worry about the last day. Uh, Atletico Madrid is in third. I don't think PSG's not going to worry about the last day. Quit trying to make this a narrative. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm, they're not I'm, going to. Even okay. if they're in the position to get knocked out, they're not going to be worried, and they're going to be fine. 
I'm not saying that they're gonna be worried, like, emotionally. I'm saying that if they tie, they're in the next round. If they don't, if they lose, they're technically not in the next round. Right. You know what I mean? But That's I, what but, I'm yeah, saying. But I don't think there's any stakes to it. I don't think it's setting up for any, like, crazy last day of, like, PSG getting shocked. I mean, who does PSG play the last day is what I'm saying. I need to look this up now. I think PSG... It's, it's Bruges. Okay. I'm just saying Club Bruges caused them problems. If you the want to do the narrative that Club Bruges is going to knock out PSG, you go right ahead. I ain't entertaining that for one second. I'm saying if PSG loses this week... You know what? I'll go ahead and make that statement. If PSG loses this week to Man City and they have their to play Club Bruges, I think Club Bruges gives them a game. I'm not saying that they'll... I know. You have already made that statement. I'm saying oh. throw that dumbass narrative out of here because it's not true. Okay, well... Plus, Club Bruges still has to win. Like if, yeah. It's not going to be an easy win over our, uh, Leipzig. I, I, I Have you watched Leipzig this season? They're horrible. They're horrible. They're Club not Bruges even... Is not, Club Bruges is not all that great. I, I love the way they play. I think they have a good, solid the, team. I love the way they play, too, Yannick. But we, we love the way they play because they're a minnow. And it's impressive when a minnow can make things a little tougher. They, they're, not, they're not going to the knockout round. Okay. All right. I, well, I, I love that. I love that you're being kind to the people of Bruges. It's a wonderful city. It's a wonderful club. Nah, it's, P- it's, it's a- PSG and City. It's over and done with. Hey, there you go. So Atletico Madrid is in third in their group, um, and it's really interesting because them and Milan or AC Milan are currently in danger of missing the knockout stage. Um, you know, there's still two games left. Slots can change. Uh, they're currently. In uh, behind Porto's five points uh, in that third place, Porto in second, Milan bottom with one. Uh, Milan and Atletico Madrid play each other this week. It kind of feels like Milan will have to, you know, grab a win to save their season. Um, and Atletico, with a win, can, you know, grasp second place away from Porto, uh, provided Porto loses to Liverpool, which Liverpool has been dominant in that group, so we think they go. Do you think both of these teams... Liverpool, Liverpool's also already won the group, though, too. Where that's that's Liber- true. Liverpool can play more, con- you know. Like I just, I think the opportunity for Porto to get points from Liverpool is is more possibility since they've won the group. I don't know if they're going to, but maybe Liverpool doesn't bring out all the, ho- you know. Yeah, maybe they don't bring out the, all the horses, and uh, we'll see. But you know, what do you think happens? Do you think Atletico and Milan both go out in this group stage, or you, you think Porto can hang on? I think Milan's out. M- Milan's done. They, they they just haven't had it in Europe this year, uh, which is unfortunate because this group looked so fun, and, and you kind of thought all four teams really had a chance, and Liverpool is blown by them all. Milan's looked bad, and, and even Atleti's been kind of disappointing. And, and I was looking at all the teams that kind of have a chance to, to miss out. I mean, obviously Manchester United could still miss. Barcelona could still miss out. Technically, Real Madrid could mi- could miss out. Dortmund could miss out. But I think if you look at all the teams that have a chance to, to get knocked out, I think Atletico would be the most disappointing to not make the knockout round because I, I feel like this is a, an Atletico team that I think is still the best team in Spain as of right now. And I think, isn't it, you know, with that upper echelon of, of Bayern, of City, of Liverpool, but I but I think does have, like, like, I don't see any chance where Real or Barca host the Champions League this year. I think Atletico could. Like, I think they have more of a legitimate chance. So, if Atletico, I, I think Atletico is going to get through. I, I imagine they'll beat Milan, um, even with the Liverpool-Porto, you know, Liverpool not needing the points. I, I, 
I don't really see Porto getting three from him. So I, I think Atletico will get second and, and, and straighten up and everything. But I, I think they'd be the most disappointing team to not miss out because I think they're one of one of the teams that's on the cusp that actually could win the Champions League at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree that that would be very disappointing, and I and I also think they're going to beat Milan this weekend and 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 make it through. Um, if Milan would win, it would make it really interesting to see what happened. But I agree. Very. I think I think they they're probably out regardless. Uh, for me, I think the most disappointing would still be Real, and it's because they would have they would probably lose out on a spot to Sharif, which to me is ridiculous, True. regardless of how how they play. Uh, right. They current. They currently at least Atletico would be would be losing to you know a, a solid club that would you know be besting them. That's a good point. Yeah, a usual suspect, you know, where where Sharif. I mean, it would be a fantastic story, but that co- I mean, Real doesn't make the. I can't even imagine what the tabloids would say then. Uh, Real's currently in first, so we're talking as if they're not in a place. They're currently in first, and Inter Milan is in second with eight. Uh, Sharif is in that third spot with six. You know, remember they beat Shakhtar and Madrid before losing twice to Inter and losing Steam. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, I I st- I I love the Sharif storyline. Um, I think they caught Madrid off guard for sure. I, I don't believe that they'll beat Sharif this this week and cause another dramatic scene. I think that Real Madrid will take care of the job. They're doing better in La Liga. You know, they're top of La Liga. Even if I don't think they're the best team, I kind of agree with you there. Um, they are finding yeah. themselves. They at least seem to be, like, finding themselves. Like, Barca still seems to be, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. But Real seems to at least kind of be, like, finding themselves again. Vinicius is playing well. And, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so I, I, it would be, it would be fun. I don't think Shakhtar is going to do awesome. anything, so I think Inner is probably, yeah. But it would be fun to see Sharif do something, and uh, always like seeing some some kind of upset in the Champions League. Uh, Barcelona play Benfica. You talked about them being in trouble as well. A loss would mean they would fall to third. Xavi is now the coach. Can he provide that turnaround for the Blaugrana? I think so. Benfica's great. Don't get me wrong, and they played really well in that first game. Um, but I think also they were in a head spin when they played. And I think now, I'm not saying that they're a new team, but I think they'll be stable enough to just get a 1-0 win and um, <clears throat> kind of benefit off of the increase in talent they have from Benfica. Um, I, I don't think that's where it's going to happen either. I don't think Barcelona's going to do anything. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't believe in Benfica all that much. Um, and how do you feel about Manchester United? I mean, with all the talk of only Gunnar Schalzar, they're still. Well, I, w- they're in- I want to say on. I want to say on Barca. I agree because before the the season started, I picked Benfica, and we wasn't we weren't recording then. But I told you, I was like, I'm picking Benfica to get second, and I wanted to still pick them. But I agree with you. I, I think it's more of just like Chavi will bring uh, just some sort of calmness to to the whole situation where Barca will be able to to figure it out. Uh, right. I, Manchester United. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think. Yeah, they're seven points from four games. They're tied with Villarreal, but ahead on the head-to-head. But Atalanta has five points, and and what Sevilla has is just close behind them. Or not Sevilla. Who's who's the other team that's in their group? Their other team is the young. Is it Young Boys? Who is? It? Yeah, yeah, Young. Um, yeah, young. yeah, Young Boys. Young Boys. Yeah. So it's those three that are fighting for it, really. The Villarreal, Atalanta, and Manchester United. They play Villarreal United, this week. United sits so well where, like, we get to play, uh, I think we got, wait, who's our, where's that second one? 
The second one. I, I guys- think I think where yeah, we got we get young boys at home next. So I think where we're sitting at it right now and like where the other because even if they both say say Villarreal and, and, and Atalanta win, it would be ten, eight, we'd have seven. I mean Do you think they would just- go for the draw though, you know? Uh who? If so United? if they would have ten and eight and no no, I'm saying Oh, but uh, you guys would yeah, win. Yeah, but then we'd play young boys and then we could yeah. win. So Atlanta would need – so we're, we're sitting kind of in a pretty good situation. I mean, I, I think for us next – I mean, you never really want to say I, – I don't think Man United should be ever really going into Villarreal and going for a tie. But with our current situation and with the standings, I think just go to Spain, get one point, go home and beat young boys, and you win the group. Uh, yeah, and it's I think sim- – Simple as that. Sometimes in the group stage, you just got to be simple. Don't try to do anything crazy. You know, if you're if you're beating everyone, great. But if you're not, just go for the result. That that will but help. But what you I get would there. love to see is all those players taking the emotion that I know they have after seeing Oli leave. Because if I'm feeling emotion about it, I know they're all feeling emotion about it. I want them to take that emotion and say, Oli, we're gonna go beat this ass for you. I love that. Or I would. Love I don't know. To I don't know. If this team has it in them. I'd love it. Or kind of on the same vein, but in an opposite thing, I would love Donnie Van de Beek to go out there and be like, hey, Ole, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. Well, uh, I he, would... did, he did score in Ole's last match. It was yeah. pretty uh, like poetic justice. I don't even know. It was it was ironic is what it was. It was very ironic was... that the player that <clears throat> didn't play scored in his last game. That's not what um, irony is, Yannick. What? It is. It's ironic that, I mean, oh, what is it then? What's the word? More, co- more coincidental. I'm very it's, passionate. It's, I'm very passionate about ir- irony being used correctly. People use it incorrectly all the time. Okay. It would so, have, he would have to. He would have to like the scoring of the goal would have had to be a part of the fact that so a player it, he didn't play scored in his last game is just a coincidence. That's not irony. But what if? Because what I'm saying is, just follow me here. What I'm saying is, he he finally he finally plays Donny Van de Beek in a situation where he does well, something that he'd been criticized all for in the final game, and the game that he did that is the one he gets fired for. Uh, that, that's still not irony. <sighs> okay, well, irony's dumb anyway. Group G is also fascinating. Salzburg has seven, Lille has five, Wolfsburg has five, City has three. <laughs> That group, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Any team is really up there. I think Sevilla is still the best the team there. The group of life. Should we the start calling these the group of life instead of the group of death? I love that, actually. The <laughs> group of life. <laughs> None of them are really that good. None of them are really great, but it's going to be fun to watch. But really, anything can happen in a lot of these groups. Uh, the leaders for me coming out of the group stage, Liverpool, Bayern, Juventus. They're three of the four teams with perfect records. Uh, that's why I give them the lead. Ajax... You know, of course, we know they have Champions League caliber. You know, we've seen it in the past. I still think they're one step for me away from me being able to call them top contenders. Um, I, You know, maybe that's not fair. But when I compare them to the other three teams that have perfect records, I'm not here saying... In my head, if I have four teams, then I'm saying that's who's going to be in the semis. And I don't, I don't think Ajax is better than PSG. I don't think Ajax is better than Man City. I don't think that. So... I think that Liverpool, Bayern, Juventus, at least, you know, in terms of, you know, how they're playing in this tournament, look pretty unbeatable, and that's why their record's so good. Juventus, you know, their group is a little easier, uh, and Bayern got the benefit of playing Barcelona on an off year. 
Uh, but they all look really good, and they all look like they're going to yeah, make I, I mean, I, honestly, if you look at it, Ajax has probably been the most impressive team in the group stage. Like, uh, Sporting and Borussia are not easy teams. Like, I, uh, with their competition and, like, how they've, uh, they've outscored them and all, I think they've been the most impressive. But I would agree with you where it, it's tough to look at them and, and be like, yeah, you guys are really going to be able – because, I mean, we saw it even a few years ago where they, they had one foot in that final and – it, sometimes I think just like lack of depth and, and everything, sometimes those bigger clubs can bring. And, and Tottenham's not even that scary of a big club, but Tottenham, you know, we're able to come back against them. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'd love to see Ajax keep this up because, like I said, I, they've been as impressive as anybody uh, in, in the group stage. But it's it's tough to believe that even if they make the semifinals, are they really going to be able to to battle with, with the Liverpools, the PSGs, the Bayerns? I, I have yeah. a tough time. tough time believing it. Exactly. And for me, it kind of is this fine line between when you're a team that has lots of potential and people reap the benefits of that and being an actual contender, right? Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, those two teams used to be farm teams. They used to be really great young talent and they never did anything themselves. But Dortmund eventually won the Bundesliga. They eventually went a little farther than Champions League. Now they have their own identity. Atletico Madrid was the same. They always finished third. You had the Suarez's and the Fernando Torres's and all these great players that were taken from them by bigger clubs. And now they won the Champions League, the La Liga. They're no longer that team. I can consider them a contender. Ajax still, you know, they they kind of don't benefit been too from long. It's been too long since they've been at, at the top, you know, because right, they, exactly. they were there and they were one of the elite clubs. But it's just been it's been too long and and they've they're still you know, obviously an extremely impressive club. But but it's more. Yes. The, the league they're in and all that stuff, I think, starts hindering them. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I, I wouldn't mind uh, stealing their manager away. I'm telling you, someone's gonna. Someone's that's, gonna. That's who I want, Manu. Okay. Po- Pochettino is, is, like, apparently the favorite. Why? I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan. Of, I, I don't know. Uh, they're not going to get Zidane. Missed out on a chance to get Conte. I I. I I really like Eric Ten Hag. I, I like him a lot, and I, I think he's. Uh, I think he'd be. A, I think he'd be a good fit for for Manchester. I, I think so too, and I I feel bad that you guys didn't make the decision earlier to fire him because I agree. I think Conte could have turned your season around with his style of play and his passion. I think so too, Yannick. Uh, it it would have been. I think that would have been a deadly combination. Um, and you're already seeing it with with him and his new club, uh, and it's impressive. So. I, I yeah. He just but we'll com- see. he just comes in there too. Conte does this thing too, where he just comes in there and he's like, he's like, I'm gonna shake. Like, all right, now I'm here. We're doing things my way. Like, he's banned ketchup from Tottenham, which is stupid. It doesn't mean anything, but it's like, all right, we're cleaning the slate. And I think that would have been great for Manchester United as well. Just being like, all right, we need a, a reset. Let's throw out all this other stuff. And yeah, I I I was pretty as soon as they as I saw Tottenham hired him, I was like, damn it. Yeah, we we should have got him. We should have because, and I think Conte could have been like a perfect guy to maybe even just finish the season with Manchester United. Like we we might not even have had to like go on with him, um, but would have been a perfect guy to like still salvage this season alone. Whether long whether or not if he would be the manager for the future, um, yeah, that missed missed opportunity. I think big time for for United. Yeah, and I think the the question is. You know, what are you going for? Are you going for success next year because you have Ronaldo and you have your know, good momentum? Or are you, because, you know, I think Ajax's coach is, is one great if you want to build long-term success. So I guess I think that, hmm, 
How do I say? I this? think he's good enough though to win now. And no, I think he is good I, enough to win now. Yeah, yeah. I sure. think the folk. I think the focus though does need to be on the long term success. But that's why. That's why. Like, I mean, this is crazy dream scenario of like it would have been great to get Conte this year. Maybe maximize that. Bring in Tin Hog. You know that. That's a, a fan's dream, a FIFA dream. Yeah. But um, it, it does happen sometimes like that, especially with a guy like Conte who's like can't stay still. You're like, do not give me a job for longer than twelve months. I can't do it. Um, I don't. But like yeah, I, I do. I do down, think man. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, I do think the future development is more important than win right now. In my in my belief. Yeah, because I still think that they're too you know erratic and they need more of a solid foundation you know like you like a manchester city like a liverpool like a chelsea even like they chelsea, found this, exactly they, they found these in these found these recipes that work and and even if they lose or they go through some rough patches you never think they're falling off the face of the earth which sometimes when manchester united goes through rough patches that's how it feels um and so you want that consistency i agree uh but yeah uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens in the champions league Let's move on to our shout-outs for the week. Matt, you want to start? Who are you shouting out uh, going into the rest of the week? I am, uh, I'm, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a more a boring shout-out. You know, I like to be more obscure with it. But I'm, I'm giving love to our boy. I'm giving love to Keegan Murray. Averaging 25.5 points per yeah. game. Yeah. Second, second in the nation. I, I can't remember his exact uh, points per game per 40 minutes, but it's leading the nation, and it's something absurd. Because he's, he's averaging 25 points. Uh, actually, it's probably about 40 points per game. Because I think he's playing 25 minutes a game and averaging 25.5. So, yeah, 40 points per game, per, per 40 points per 40 minutes. Uh, the guy's just – I wasn't sure Keegan was really going to be able to make that next step. And it's very early. They've played four games against not that many great people, but he's just been awesome. He's doing all the little things he did last year. Like I said, he, he's averaging way more points than, than I really expected him to. That probably will come down in Big Ten play, but, but it's still – more than I like, I, I didn't see him being that explosive. He's shooting the three at a click that that I didn't really expect. It, his shot looks great, um, and mostly I shout him out because I think there's a really good chance that if he keeps up this play, uh, it doesn't have to be 25 points per game play, but if he keeps up playing like this way, shooting the three this way, doing the little things like he does, defending like he does, this is a guy that's going to get himself in the lottery pick discussion. And I couldn't believe that I was actually thinking that. So I had to look it up. The uh, Iowa Hawkeyes have never actually had a lottery pick uh, selected. Uh, the lottery was implemented in 1985, and our best selection since then was B.J. Armstrong at 18. Uh, so the last time we've had even a guy picked in like a lottery spot was Ronnie Lester back in 1980 uh, when he was picked 10th overall. And we've only ever had five players selected in the top 14. So... I'm giving a shout-out to Keegan. He's off to a, to a great start. I don't know how the Iowa basketball team is going to be all year, but I think Keegan <laughs> is going to have a, a very, very strong year. And uh, I mean, he's already getting talked about into the first round. So if he keeps this up, I think there's a great chance that he's he's a lottery pick. Hey, there you go. You know, Gars is gone, but we got Murray Mania here in, in Iowa. So we're all... We're all happy he's, to... He's just the NBA dream. The guy, he's 6'8". He can shoot the three. He can defend anybody. He hustles. He, like... I want him on my team. I want him on the Nets. Yeah, I want him on Celtics, please. The way we're playing. we could. I would love a player like that. 
Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Keegan Murray's doing really great. It's got me hoping for more than I probably should with that basketball team. <laughs> same, same. We got I'm like six, like, we got six to... votes in the AP poll this week, and I was like, that's already more than I ever would have thought this year. Like, you guys have exceeded <laughs> expectations. It's... Oh, it's crazy. Great job, uh, Fran. Great job, Fran. You're really good at having one great player that inflates expectations for our team. They can't play. They can't play a lick of defense. When we play Purdue on December, <laughs> I'm telling you what. When we play Purdue on December third, Purdue is going to score 120 points. They are. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, whatever the over under is, bet everything on the over. Matt's taking those. Matt, Matt's not going Black Friday shopping. He's saving up the money to get all of his money on the over. <laughs> all my life savings on the over because Purdue is just as good as I thought they were going to be on offense. And we are maybe even worse on defense than I thought. That's a scary thought, and uh, we'll see that how that... a scary thought. Yeah, we'll see how that bows in the Big Ten. Probably not well. Uh, for me, the shout-out for the week has to be, and it's an obvious one, but I'm still going to say it, Jonathan Taylor. His monster performance for the Colts. Five touchdowns, and he literally couldn't be stopped by any in anything he did in the pass game, in the run game, by a pretty good defense in Buffalo. They're not the best defense. They're pretty good, though. Um, you know, I I say it every time. Big Ten running backs do it best. And, um, Wisconsin and Indy, running backs. Wisconsin running Fair enough. Specifically Wisconsin running backs. Uh, but I'll take it. I'll, I'll make it Big Ten so I can feel good about it. Uh, and if... And if Indy goes anywhere, you know, say what you want about their defense against the Bills, which we'll talk about. If they go anywhere in the playoffs, it's because of the Taylor-Nader. It really is. And I think that, um, I think he's just showing that he is the new RB1 in the league. Uh, apart Colts, from Derek Colts Pen- defense was great yesterday. I'm saying, I didn't say they were great. I didn't, I didn't say they weren't great. I think they're great. I'm saying if they go anywhere... It's not gonna. It, it's gonna be more because Jonathan Taylor continues his thing than because yeah. their defense is great. I just think. Uh, and having like over the last few weeks too, it's it's not going to happen. But I, I kind of think Jonathan Taylor deserves to be in the MVP discussion. Matt, we are on the same page. I'm gonna bring that up later. We're on the same page, so I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll I, talk I, about I, it. We'll talk about it. But I agree. I think that he's definitely pushed himself in there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. 